That was fun, wasn't it? Lane Kiffin and Quinshawn Judkins, stars in Nashville. We'll go over what they said, what they meant, and we'll hear from all the players that were involved. Stick around. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to that channel, please. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, my name is Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. SEC Media Days has arrived. Lane Kiffin and three players went to Nashville, talked about football, and we listened. And everybody listened and ate it up. And we finally got to debate whether or not where each team sits, the problems and weaknesses of each team, or maybe some strengths of other teams. All of that stuff was taken care of as people were kind of knocking off the rust to try to get to the right place. Now, Lane Kiffin, we knew that he would essentially be asked about quarterbacks eventually, and in the main room, he didn't. The main room, he did a masterful job. Before we start playing clips, I do want to talk about this. He did a masterful job in the main room, talking and steering the conversation towards NIL and those type things, as opposed to his own quarterback, to where other schools could use that information to try and pry it away and make the quarterback room a little bit weaker than it is. He managed to make it through a 30-minute session and did not say anything. I think he had one question about transfer players or how do you get a transfer player to acclimate, and that was kind of the one question from the main room that was even halfway football relevant. This man is so good at making a situation a waste of the media's time and to give nothing away. It is impressive. You look at the spring game, whether it's just basically not allowing the defense to call plays to make it to where the score is 52-51, to making the film unusable, or in a situation like last year in the spring game, putting wide receivers out in injury jerseys with no tackling going on to make the film absolutely not usable. And he does stuff like that. He is so good at that. The media days environment are completely in his element. He's, he's witty and clever and funny enough to where he can take a shot from now and then, and he's good at making news. Now, we always joke about, hey, you put Lane Kiffin in the headline of every video you do because Lane Kiffin is going to do better in a headline than that same video without that name in it. It is all about that. Lane Kiffin gets clicks. It's the reason that when November happens and the head coach at, I don't know, Arizona State, I know it's not going to happen, Arizona State, just naming a school. Lane Kiffin's name will be mentioned because Lane Kiffin's name gets clicks. Media Day is the perfect environment for Lane Kiffin. It's guaranteed. Lane Kiffin even says has something halfway controversial. It is going to be picked up on every major news outlet in the country. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen. But if you want to look at stuff that he actually talked about, in the electronic media room, it was a little bit smaller setting and a little bit more specific questions were asked. And they asked him quite a bit 
um, about the quarterback room. Chris Farble in KCU, 8.1 FM in Columbia. Uh, Coach, on Monday, Fadil Diggs said the quarterback he went up against that gave him the most troubles in edge rusher was Jackson Dart. I just want to ask, how has Dart developed since he came in from USC last year, and what do you expect from him in his second year at Ole Miss? Well, Jackson's had a great offseason. Um, again, in this portal world, we just think everybody's going to be great right away, you know, um, expectations. And so it was his first year in our system. And he was competing to be the starter all the way till I think the third game of the year, so or fourth game of the year. So he, he's really developed well on and off the field, become more of a leader, and um, we're really excited about him. You know, Lane Kiffin talking about Jackson Dart, that is one thing that has happened over the course of the summer. We took this quarterback competition at face value, and this could be a situation where it still exists and everything is good. But if you want to look, Jackson Dart needed to not mess up in the spring. If he did that, if he just held serve in the spring, he was probably going to be fine. And it looks like he more than did that in the spring competition. And Jackson Dart, like I said, we've talked many times about how it's, a, it's like Mike Tyson's punch out and he's just going up through that to try and get to the final boss. I don't know if he's at the final boss now or if the next boss is the final boss, but we'll see exactly what happens there as well. See you again. AP Stedham, AP and Kelly, as we see at Syndicated Radio Show. Coach, um, you're always studying different uh, strategies for the game. I was wondering what's your experience uh, studying multi-quarterback system? That's a possibility. Yeah, I would prefer that not to happen. But again, we don't ever do something just because we're supposed to. So if that's the best way, to, best chance to win, then we would do that. Um, I just think that that's been challenging. There's some times you can point where it's worked, but most of the time it's not really worked great. Um, the team's got two different people calling cadence and different plays and stuff. So um, I, I would prefer that not to happen. All right, so there you go. Two-quarterback system, he's against it. That, I played that one because the main thing I want in this fall camp is for a quarterback to be named at least two weeks before the Mercer game. That is, I don't care who wins the job. I just want somebody to win it by then, okay? And Lane Kiffin, it appears, appears he wants it too because last season was a special um, case scenario. Now, in the main room, one thing that Lane Kiffin did do, and I'm not going to play this audio, but you can listen to it as well. He took a little bit of blame for the way last season ended. You know, he took the blame for the for the last five games and all of that after the Alabama game specifically kind of fell on his shoulders. It probably weighed him a little bit. And I've been saying this for 10 months. It is fantastic. I wanted to hear this answer from Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's perfect for Ole Miss. He does everything for Ole Miss. All we need from Lane Kiffin is for him to prove that he wants to be here. That's what Ole Miss fans need. And we don't want to be played with. We don't want to be toyed with. And we don't want to be consistently be put in the blender year on year. And when that happens, and when something happens to last season, which, like I said, I've called it sabotage multiple times. But whenever something like that happens, you need to take responsibility for the part that is yours. You, the same thing that you would ask your players to do, you need to do that as well. And Lane Kiffin is doing that. I, I was very much impressed with that answer 
from Lane Kiffin. He did a really good job at Media Days. I mean, it's not a situation where I'm even talking about that just because I'm an Ole Miss fan. Ole Miss had a really good day at Media Days, and and Quinchon Judkins came out of that as potentially the star of the league going into this football season. We're going to talk about that in just a second. And these things for Ole Miss football are all benchmarks moving forward down the list. And whenever you have a situation where all of Ole Miss's players had a cat that ate the canary smile on their face, they know something's up. They are ready to do this. Anyway, we'll get more into it and let you hear from the players whenever we talk back. Um, come back after this. Think confidence, because that's the name of the game. For a championship team, it's all about making every player a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need the parts and accessories you need, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need to fit fits right around the first time around. Just add to your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know how your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customer. Eligible islands, items only. Exclusions apply. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole podcast your first listen every day. For your second listen, go to Locked On SEC. Chris DeGordy does a heck of a job. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day Every dayers, we'd have Charles Stackhouse last night. You heard that. Patrick Broomfield is supposed to come on as well. Haven't quite gotten that interview yet, but we're going to get it. Jason Simmons as well. We will have that later on this week as well. So I'm pretty fired up about that. Now, Quinshawn Judkins has emerged as the star of the SEC and the SEC media days. He is a person that is oozing charisma right now. Extremely very well-dressed. Fantastic job on all these shows um, out there. And, you know, it's gotten to the point where people started following him around. If you look at this, this is his gaggle that he had for the questions being asked in their small setup to where people were essentially really trying to get in the room to see exactly what he had to say. He is the player that is building in stature to where people want to hear from Quinshawn Judkins. This is absolutely cool. This is a good player. This is somebody that is taking a star turn right before our eyes. Now, other players were speaking at um, Media Days along with Quinshawn, but we'll start and go through and hear what they had to say. Jason Williams, WTVA 9 News in Tupelo, Mississippi. Obviously, you had a great freshman season scoring 16 touchdowns, but what are you doing to make sure that you don't have a quote-unquote sophomore slump heading into this next season? Just continuing to work hard and remain humble and, and do what got me here and keep the main thing the main thing. I think as far as just being the best that you can and doing everything in your power that, to make your game better and perfect your craft, I think that's what the only thing that you can control. 
Yeah, Quinshawn Judkins saying all the right things and talking about making or keeping the main thing the main thing and not losing sight of what he wants to do. That is pretty good as well. He also got the question about the quarterbacks, but not what you think. He was asked the question about, hey, how do you look at this looking out nearly every week, a new quarterback coming in that is a top-shelf talent? Bradley Davis, WAPT Sports in Jackson. Uh, so you just mentioned being used in the passing game. It seems like every time we blink, Coach Kiffin's bringing in another quarterback. Is it like, you know, what's kind of the reaction whenever you find out that another guy's brought in, and how is that in practice working with so many top-tier guys? It's exciting, very exciting. Uh, I'm confident in every guy that he brings in because I know he knows what he's doing, so he's bringing guys in, and I'm excited to see those guys compete. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, Quinshawn was impressive. He really was. I mean, I haven't really sat down and listened to Quinshawn Judkins talk, and this is a very thoughtful answer. It's very straightforward, and he, you can tell he oozes confidence. And he's exactly what Ole Miss needs in a running back. And it's going to be a big situation for the Ole Miss Rebels moving forward. He, remember, he was my number one most important player for Ole Miss in 2023, even ahead of Jackson Dart. And it's because of the things that he can do and what he's going to face the, force the defense to do to combat that is going to make the team even better. Now, switching over to the defensive side of the football, Cedric Johnson and DeAndre Prince also was there to answer questions. And, you know, you're sitting here with CJ. He's talking about a rebuilt, newer defensive line where you're looking at a, essentially a three technique being added to the defensive line. Um, and, and freshmen coming in and transfers and all that working because how exactly will that look? CJ had this to say. What do you think, or how much do you think the D-line for you guys is going to be a strength this season? Obviously, you guys get guys like yourself and, and J.J. back from last season. I guess, how did you kind of see your, your group progress as a whole, and do you think that could be a strength of the team this season? Um, I thought it's going to be a strength of the defense. I, I personally believe that. Um, we've grown a lot. We've got a lot more depth. Um, got two, th few great freshman guys. All of them look great. Um, Chambo, D.J. Holmes. Miles coming in. Um, we got a lot of great guys. Stefan Wynn, Isaac. Um, we got a lot of great depth, a lot of good guys that's going to be able to play. And I'm, I'm just loving the way we're looking right now. Yeah, if you're looking at the number of names that um, C.J. Johnson is just spitting out from memory, that tells you those names that are on his head. He used them on a daily basis. One thing that is interesting there, he used the name D.J. Holmes because we've all been waiting to see exactly what would happen with that situation because of um, a mess that happened back in Florida. So it was really interesting to see that as well. C.J. Johnson also gave us an idea of what he's going to do. C.J. Johnson is our initial jack, if this is any indication. Hi, Cedric. Good morning. A.P. Stedham, A.P. and Kelly, as we see at Syndicated Radio. Cedric, can you uh, tell us about your new defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, and you know your individual role and the entire defense, what might change? Um, Pete Goner, I like him a lot. Um, he's funny. If you didn't know, he's a pretty funny guy. Um, I really like him, how particular and detailed he is in the defense, but he doesn't, he doesn't stray away from, at the end of the day, we just playing ball. Play the game you love, play hard, play fast, play physical. That'll, that'll take care of majority of our problems. That'll take care of majority of things. So that's the main thing. In my role, I feel like, um, 
I'm going to be moving a lot more. Like, I might be dropping back some, um, coming off the edge, you know, like I usually do. But it's going to be a lot more fun for me and just the D-line in general. Yeah. What you heard is an explanation of somebody playing the jack position, the jack linebacker position. So Cedric Johnson probably is going to have to lose 5 to 10 pounds or whatever to get into shape to do it because the way the defense was set up before the 3-2-6 that they ran, it was important to make those defensive ends as, as they needed to keep their athleticism but to bulk them up as well because you literally only had three down linemen in that situation. But as this goes, Cedric Johnson is probably going to play a little bit of linebacker. He's probably going to have to shed a little bit of weight. We'll see exactly what he does there. Now, obviously, he's very fond of Pete Golding. DeAndre Prince, who was also at SEC Media Days, is also fond of Pete Golding. Um, what's been your um, understanding of the defense by Pete Golding so far? Uh, just multiple schemes. Uh, he's teaching us to you know, become – Great defensive players, uh, very well communicated and educated on the game. Yeah, if you look at defensive backs, they're all educated. They're putting in their system lots of transfer players on the back end of that defense. There's transfers everywhere. And DeAndre Prince just kind of talked a little bit about Samari Walton, a little bit about John Saunders, who are going to be very much stalwarts in that room. Uh, Billy Jones, KC Columbia. I'm curious, can you talk to me a little bit about uh, the fellow corners that just transferred in and Zamari Walton and John Saunders, how they're coming along? Uh, they're, they're coming along pretty good. They're, they um, are very smart in big corners, so uh, experienced too, and they were very good in their conferences and their old teams. So, I mean, it's all about just us when they come in, just making a bond with them, make, letting them know it's a brotherhood. Yeah, one thing that's important to realize, whenever Ole Miss is a transfer team, that, that's what Ole Miss is. Now, whenever people wants to use that in a negative light, let them. It doesn't matter. But what that means with Ole Miss being a transfer team is you really have to have a good culture already established. If you don't, you're never going to get one if you are a fully transfer team. But if you can ingrain that culture and get that for the, when the next group of players come in, they are trained by the previous group of players, you have a chance to do something pretty special. Now, we're in a situation in college football to where we might know the name we might not know the names of players from year to year. It's not what we're used to. It's not what we had 25, 30 years ago, and that is okay. That should be fine. But it is important that the players buy in to be extremely accepting. You can't have a situation like uh, German soccer is this way. And everybody's like, oh, my goodness, Steve's talking soccer. It, just, just bear with me. They are very cutthroat. They are very unwelcoming. They are very, um, my spot is my spot type situation. That, that is what German soccer is all about. If you are a new player going to a German club, it's going to be harder than on you than if you are already established. You have to pass that initiation before they even defrost to you. It's very frosty environment. The U.S. environment, uh, soccer-wise, is very open, very welcoming, and everybody talks about that. These football environments, you can't have that hostile environment. You can't have that selfish way of thinking about new players coming in because you need that player 
to fill a specific role on your team, and he's being counted on to do so. So they do not have time for that attitude, uh, you know, that's extremely selfish attitude. So developing that culture quickly will be important for Ole Miss football. And fall camp and the stuff leading up to it will be an instrumental part of building that culture. So it'll be interesting about that. When we come back, though, we will talk about Nick Saban, the GOAT, talking about Pete Golding leaving for Ole Miss and how that made him feel. Stick around. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And Nick Saban was asked about Pete Golding. And there's two things that were very interesting in this. Nick Saban is still visibly upset about being this being brought to his attention. And and a lot of that is Nick Saban just, he doesn't want to answer the question because Pete Golding's not on the staff and stuff like that. But I think the other part of that was he didn't want to lose Pete Golding. This was a situation to where Pete Golding just left. And I don't know if Nick Saban can handle that and if Nick Saban really, truly knows how to process that information. And anyway, just listen to what he had to say. Parter, though, but uh, can you kind of comment on Pete Golding's departure to Ole Miss and kind of going off that Ole Miss and Mississippi State next year, not on the schedule? I believe that'll be the first time you're not playing either of those schools. Has that kind of crossed your mind? And what are your thoughts on not playing either of those uh, those teams? We play them this year, though, right? So you think I'm thinking about who we play the next year? I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. So I can't – no, I haven't given that any thought at all. Look, everybody needs to make their personal choices and decisions about, you know, where they think they best can develop their career. Uh, Pete did a great job for us. Um, I like Pete. Um, you know, he improved every year with us in terms of um, how he did his job, uh, which I was always pleased with. And he chose for personal reasons or whatever reasons that was a better opportunity for him to go someplace else, and that's his prerogative. So, um, and we wish him well. All right. The first thing is that question about the 2024 schedule was absolutely stupid. It's one of it's one of the most ridiculous things uh, I've heard about. Why would you ask somebody before this season about 2024? Now, I understand that we all care about 2024 more. I understand that. We're going to have fun this year. We're going to maximize it. We're going to do the things necessary to make this football season great. But at the end of the day, you're still looking towards 2024. This year is all about maximizing 2024. But I do think whenever you're dealing with football coaches, you need to be careful with that. They're very much one game at a time type people, and they don't have the benefit of being able to look ahead. Nick Saban doesn't even know if he's going to be the coach in 2024. I don't care what anybody says. There's a point where at the end of the season, Nick Saban can say, I'm done, and nobody would be surprised about that. So that question was absolutely ridiculous. But that led to a little bit of an aggravated Nick Saban after hearing that question, answer the question about Pete Golding to where he talked about how he did what he wanted him to do. He got better each year. 
and it was his prerogative to leave. It was his choice to leave. It genuinely sounds like a contract was offered. Pete Golding turned it down, went to Ole Miss. And I don't, I don't blame that at all. I don't, I don't, I don't blame anybody um, for that at all. And it's like Nick Saban said, that is Pete Golding's prerogative. But, I mean, we need to talk about the level of questions that come out in the main room in the SEC media days. We, we, we need to have a conversation about that, honestly, at some point. Because I've made the comment that it's like they're trying to they're trying to ask a question in over a hundred words just so they're talking more, their voice is more recognized, they get on TV. So they they ask a hundred word questions when ten words would suffice. And there's so many weird outlets that ask their question in accents. And I don't know if that is their real accent or if they're playing on it or if it's a bit, but it's, it, it's, it's distinctive and it feels like it's being done on purpose. And it's got to the point where main room at the SEC media day, days, honestly not worth my time because Lane Kiffin went out of the main room today. He did talk about how the end of the season was his fault, which he needed to do in front of a large group of reporters. We, we talked about that already. But after that, he just talked about big-picture items and big-picture things. He, Lane Kiffin threw out some red meats, threw out some chum, let the sharks go, and then by the time they were done asking questions of what happened, they realized we didn't ask a question about the team. We didn't ask a question about the team we're supposed to get questions about. We didn't... We don't know anything. What's the situation with Jackson Dart? What, what is going on with Spencer Sanders? There's assumptions that we're making, but none of those questions got answered because you just got played by Lane Kiffin. You just got absolutely worked by Lane Kiffin. Somebody that understands what you do so well, you got worked. Move on to something else in your day. Continue to talk about those hot-button issues that he wanted you to talk about in the first first place and go on and let his team be as little known as possible. That genuinely seems to be the M.O. for Lane Kiffin. That genuinely seems to be what his goal is from SEC Media Days. Anything that is not a game on Saturday, his M.O. is extremely guarded. His M.O. is not give away um, too much. I, you detected from the spring game this year that the offensive coordinator made him a little bit angry because they were trying to win a game and ran some offensive plays that he was hoping might be hitting a little bit. So know this about SEC Media Days. These are the points from SEC Media Days. First of all, the three ambassadors that Ole Miss took – were absolutely best-case scenarios, very good. They did a fantastic job representing the university, themselves, their parents, Lane Kiffin, the whole nine yards. They did a fantastic job. Lane Kiffin did this about as well as he could do it. He got in the newspaper to where his name is going to be on headlines tomorrow, but he said absolutely nothing. He basically said the same thing that he's been saying for 18 months about how NIL in its current form is a disaster. And everybody takes that bait every single time. And he knows that. He knows that. He plays the hits. And reporters in the media days, it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. It, it honestly is. Um, 
like I said, a hundred question, a hundred word questions are asked when ten words will work, and it's absolutely crazy. Now I want everybody to have a good weekend because we're getting ready to start fall camp next weekend, essentially or shortly thereafter. We'll be in full camp mode next weekend, but we do have this weekend to kind of have one more chance to recharge our batteries, one more chance to do stuff, one more chance to, to try some things, and that is the plan moving forward on here. We try some stuff. Today was a very ambitious show. I have no idea how this is going to come off. I have no idea how much you're going to enjoy it, but I've, I've enjoyed trying to do this, and we are going to figure out a way to do ambitious things moving forward. Basically, every step that we realize what we can do just makes it to where the next step is possible. You might have packages popping up on this program eventually. Old school TV news packages from 1985. Now, I don't think you will, but you might. You will see exactly what happens. I'm pretty fired up about that. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC and Chris Gordy. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Everydayers, Patrick Broomfield, Jason Simmons, Tom Vanderford, Brian Smith, all of them are on the agenda for this weekend as part of our weekend guest lineup that we always are doing now that we've kind of settled in to that routine. If you have any questions, your service members, hit me up on DMs. Like I said, I'll either answer the question or find somebody that will. Um, always here to represent our service members. And also join our subtext community. Our link is in the description. Sign up for there. I think it's like $4.99 a month. Whenever we have news, it goes there. Otherwise, um, it's just a tip. If you're very happy with what's going on, you can basically leave a monthly $5 tip. Basically the price of a Coke, and we'd appreciate that as well. So tune in for that. Do that. Do all of those things, and we will see you Monday as we're getting closer to fall camp. Hotty toddy.